Introducing the SND Podcast channel, your one-stop source for all types of podcasts. We are always on the look for new podcasts to join our channel. If there is any topic you would like to discuss, contact us now. We can be reached on all social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. You can also contact us by email or leave us a voicemail at 516-570-9248. So make sure to contact us now so you can start your podcast soon. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. I am back. I am Jay once again, bringing you all the hits and misses when it comes to professional wrestling. This is episode number 39. Yeah, we're almost at the big 4-0. We're getting old. Um, <laughs> but um, we're back. And uh, here, pretty much a lot of stuff has gone down since the Royal Rumble, which is the last time I recorded. We've had uh, Elimination Chamber. A whole bunch of Raw and SmackDowns going down, a bunch of NXT guys, a bunch of momentum swings for different wrestlers. We're seeing Vince McMahon every week, which is interesting. Um, But I'm going to get into a lot of stuff with my co-host this evening. He was on a couple of episodes ago, and he's back for more. My man, my brother, Sammy Muniz. Sammy, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Hey, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be back on. Yeah, man. Yeah, and like I said, we're we're gonna get into a bunch of stuff. We're gonna talk about AEW. We're gonna talk about um, all the stuff leading in to WrestleMania, which is crazy. Sam, WrestleMania is already about a month away, about a month and one week now. So far, how do you feel? Because uh, you know the lead up to WrestleMania is when WWE usually tries their hardest to try to you know. As, as the Undisputed Era's theme song says, shock the system a little bit. A lot of things are going down. AEW's coming up behind them. NWA's moving. Um, and when it comes to WrestleMania, all the wrestling companies all around the world are going to want to do shows. New Japan and Ring of Honor has a show in Madison Square Garden WrestleMania weekend as well. Um, how do you feel WWE is doing so far in trying to divert the attention from everyone else and keep it on the big league, so to speak? They're doing a good job. Um, they're, they're not without competition because this is the first WrestleMania season where I'm also interested in what the NWA has and what this whole upcoming AEW project. So it, they have the competition, um, but they, they're doing a good job because especially in the last few weeks, I've actually been watching Raw and SmackDown from like, for at least the majority of it. For a couple of weeks there, I was like, eh, disinterested. I was just turning off the television. But now they have me tuned in. They have me wondering what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen next week, what's going to happen in the lead-up to Fastlane, what's going to happen at Fastlane, et cetera, et cetera. You know? Yeah. So they've drawn me in. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and do you think, like, this whole out-of-the-blue giant push – for guys like Kofi Kingston and um and we'll get into to Ronda and Charlotte and and Becky in a little bit but uh, jumping over to Kofi Kingston real quick it, it's kind of a shock well not a shock but almost like they're pushing a random dude that we didn't think at this stage in his career would get a monster push like this and the crowd is actually behind them like you hear the chance of Kofi 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 and the thing is he technically wasn't even supposed to be in that Elimination Chamber match. It was supposed to be Mustafa Ali, but I guess Kofi Kingston is catching lightning in a bottle here with this push. 
And now from the looks of it, and and I mean, the, Vince McMahon came out here and replaced Kofi Kingston at Fastlane with the returning Kevin Owens. And we'll get into Kevin a little bit too to see where he kind of fits into this mix here. But from the looks of it, I, if, if it's not a triple threat, it looks like it's going to be Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan for the WWE title. I mean, once again, is this a desperate attempt by the WWE to get eyes on them by doing something like this? Or do we think legitimately Kofi Kingston has a real shot of being WWE champion? Well, Buddy Ray said it best. He said, um, Kofi, it's it's what he's doing, how he's stealing the show. So Kofi's time is now. If any time, his time is now. So he needed the main event at Fastlane. If he didn't do the main event in Fastlane, um, don't even think about WrestleMania. What I think McMahon is employing, he's employing the same strategy on Kofi. uh, But Kofi is face. That's the only difference. That he's employing, implying, um, he's, he's bringing in the same strategy that he's doing with Becky Lynch, basically. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Because he's taking away what the fans want, but uh, and by doing so, he's giving the fans what they want. He's making them yearn for it. Like, no, give me Becky. And even I think it's even more so on, on Kofi, because Becky, you know, is going to fight um, Ronda. But Kofi, you're like, no, I want Kofi there. He's stolen every show he's been on in the last several weeks. I want him. I want him there. And the fan base is really concerned that he may not be in the picture. Mm-hmm. So he has them actually more under his thumb. So so it's like, I, I, think, I think it's going to be, he'll get involved because there'll be a power struggle between the McMahons because they always want to make it about themselves. Yeah. But um, in this situation, it'll be rightfully so. You know? Yeah. yeah. I hear you. And, 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 the, and the thing is, like I said, Kofi Kingston has been around, they said, for 11 years. He's done a lot. And they tried to push Kofi Kingston, I think, back in 09, where he feuded with Randy Orton, when Randy Orton was the champ, I believe. And, uh, you know, he had, like, one missed spot in a match, and Randy Orton kind of went Shawn Michaels on him, like, yelling at him, calling him stupid, and all sorts of stuff. And, and, and you know, they gave Kofi a win here and there, but his, his push kind of got literally pushed to the side after that. And he was mainly a mid-carder, you know, doing the same old goofy, you know, Jamaican gimmick that he was doing. And he was just kind of floating. He was just there. You know what I mean? He was just always that good utility player that you can have. You know what I mean? He was just a good hand. And then they team him up with Xavier Woods, who wasn't really doing anything at all. And Big E, who was stuck in the mid card, not doing much either. They put them together. And the New Day blow up. And they've been super popular ever since. Now, once again, it, it just caught me off guard that they took Kofi of 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 the three because not for nothing man if if I would have picked someone from that group that looks like a champion I would think Big E you know what I mean but you know Kofi Kofi's the veteran he's been around for a while he knows he he's not you know he knows what to do in that ring you know what I mean and he obviously can have a good match with Daniel Bryan um now they bring Kevin Owens into the mix um is Kevin Owens just here in this situation for Fastlane, or do we see Kevin Owens in that match at Mania also? Mm. 
Interesting. You know what makes it more interesting? That money in the bank didn't happen before WrestleMania. Yeah. So <laughs> that would have made it interesting because it would have made me think Kevin Owens is going to Raw. Um, you know, I, I, I've expressed that I wanted Drew McIntyre to win the Universal Championship. I've gone into that whole thing. But I can see somehow Kevin Owens going to Raw and challenging, somehow sneaking a victory over Lesnar somehow. Mm. And Lesnar just going into a, a just a tirade and just beating people until he gets that rematch. And Kevin Owens running from him because he, is, he has a title. But I think... I think I think there's a possibility, and I didn't think this before, that Kofi somehow gets in, wins the title, and defends it to Daniel at, at WrestleMania 35 and loses. Mm. Or he the fan base, he steals the show again. We get the one-on-one we want with Kofi and, and Daniel Bryan, and something happens that Kofi becomes heel. Mm. And I think if he becomes heel, I don't. I, I was telling you the other day. I don't think he should necessarily be separated from the new day. I think if he goes heel, they all should go heel. Yeah. You know, I think you keep them together. Some things you just keep together, just more marketable together. Because even as heels, they were liked and they were able to sell. You know, you can't sell merchandise for heels most of the times. And for some reason, the new day were heels that were selling. You know. I'm not saying they were selling as much as, as when they were face, when they turned face, but you know, normally you can't you can't make money off of them. But Kofi is 37 years of age. Um and you know hey, AJ Styles was 40 and he was still on top of his game, you know? Yeah. But um what was interesting was I remember a year ago I was listening to a podcast with Jim Cornette. And Jim Cornette, they asked him, what do you think? Why can't Kofi be a champion? He said, it's not that Kofi doesn't have the skills. It's that Kofi doesn't have the look that they want. And Kofi is too small to be like a legitimate heavyweight. So it goes to what you were saying about Big E being more that WWE type champion. And I think their opportunity right now, if they ever wanted to put the belt on him as a transitional champion would be to let him be Daniel Bryan. Because mm-hmm. he's smaller than him. So it's like, okay, we can see that happening. You know? So I, I think the push is real. Um, I hope they... I hope it ends up good because it's been really good to this point. You know? It could be a Tommy Dreamer type, type situation with Raven that Tommy Dreamer never beat Raven until when Raven was going to leave like years and years and years later. But... They could probably do that and make it like he's also close, but he can't just do it, you know? Yeah. And and they could also, even if Kofi's a transitional champion, they can finally say they got their, uh, unless you count The Rock, who's half, but they could finally say we got our first African-American WWE champion ever. You know what I mean? They could find. And that's what Jim Cornette was trying to say because they were asking Jim Cornette, like, why you haven't seen it? And they're like, they're just not many big men that come in. And when he was saying when Ron Simmons went to WWE, he was already at fading away at the end of his career. And then he became a tag team guy, Nick Carter, you know? Yeah. He definitely, definitely was not the same when he came into WWE 
after he had that long run in WCW, that short stint he had in ECW. He definitely was not the same guy coming into WWE. He was he was heavier, you know, he was more, you know, he wasn't in the best of shape. And then, you know, he had his run with Bradshaw and the APA, you know, legendary tag team, whatever the case. But he wasn't the main, you know, and he had his Nation of Domination, which was a great faction. And that kind of boosted him up to the main event level. But he wasn't, he, he was never going to win the belt. He wasn't going to beat Austin. And, and Austin in his time in, in WWF, from like 90 late 97 into like 99 he was like michael jordan in the nba he he because of him a lot of people did not become world champion <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean because of his big run i think the only people to really beat austin clean and and in fact they weren't even clean at all but they were still victories was undertaker and kane kane with the first blood match beat take beat uh, austin for the belt and Taker in 99, the night that unfortunately Owen Hart passed away at Over the Edge, Taker beat Austin in that main event for the belt. And in the same, you know, I think both, he won the belt right away on Raw the next night on both of them. So, you know, you could, it, once again, I can see Kofi winning the belt, but I surely believe he will not have a long title reign at all. Definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. It would be... One month at max. Yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't be any any longer than that. Yeah, you can't I, mark it, and and it's just it, it just it's it's not that you know the fans don't like him or anything like that. It's just that if any of the three New Day members you're gonna make your 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 dominating champion, it would be Big E. But yeah. you know, I mean, the only way I see him having the belt for a long period of time and uh and izzy told me this on a text message the other day he was like you could have the new new day do the free bird rule and all three of them defend the wwe title at one point have that's a great idea yeah i was thinking about that but i was like can they do that yeah that's that's because, that's the thing because <laughs> you you know what you know that would be interesting because you now you have a big man challenging kofi and all of a sudden they invoke the Freebird rule, and Big E steps in and defends the title. Yeah, that would be that would be, you know, that would be big right there. So it will probably go down in history as Kofi won the belt, but the New Day is the WWE champion, which is interesting. Um, and that can also lead to their demise in storyline purposes, because let's say. Maybe the weak link of the group, which is obviously Xavier Woods. Let's say, let's say Woods loses the belt, you know, on a on a fluky loss to a to a heel or something like that, and then all of a sudden, you know, all the guys aren't champion no more. All of a sudden, Big E is looking at him side eyed, or Kofi's like, "You just messed up everything I worked for and 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 went crazy for, and the crowd got behind me and all that stuff." And because I'm sharing the belt with you two. I'm no longer champion. That could lead to their demise and and eventually just feuding with each other, which would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would. The title would break them up. So it's a decision that maybe they won't make. Yeah. Probably they want a longer for the break. It it all depends on money, because yeah. they're making money, tons of money as the new day. Yeah, coming up on various shows and, and on network television. You know, they're not just coming out on WWE. They're coming out on other shows, and people recognize them. So, you know, 
I, I, I don't know. You know, it, it, it's good that when you watch wrestling and you have a I don't know situation instead yeah. of, oh, yeah, they're going to do this, this, and that, and it's predictable. This is a real I don't know. You know, and it's a, it's about time WWE has given us an I don't know situation. Yeah, it's it's exciting having to actually wait and see what happens. And and I remember when when me and Izzy first started doing shows probably like three or four years ago already, which is insane. Um, I think we were previewing uh, the WrestleMania, the first one where Brock went against Roman. I think it was 31, WrestleMania 31. And um, we honest, honestly did not know how that match was going to go. We was like, look. Roman's coming up. They're they're giving him the John Cena push at the time. We were like, uh, could he beat Lesnar? We don't know. Maybe. But we didn't think Lesnar was going to lose the belt that fast. And no one ever even thought of thinking of Seth Rollins cashing in money in the bank that night and winning the belt. No one knew that. that. Awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. So it, it, And we said it that night. I was like, dude. It's it's a good thing that we don't know what's going to happen. It almost brings us back to the kayfabe days when we actually had to wait and 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 see what they were going to give us. You know what I mean? It's it's an exciting thing. Yeah. That's why I'm actually excited with what happened with Batista. Oh, because yeah. what I thought was going to happen because the, I, my thing is the narrative is to push the women's main event and they push <laughs> it so hard that it's like, "Ugh, please." You know? Make me want something like that. Don't don't force it on me. And that's what I think they're trying to do with that. But what ended up happening was I thought, oh, here we go. Becky Lynch is going to attack 70-year-old Ric Flair in the back. <laughs> and, and she's going to emerge from the, from the prison. Oh, I made it out. I made it out. Put me in the main event. And then Charlotte gets angry and comes out or whatever. That's what I thought. And I said, oh, it's going to end bad. But I said, I'll still watch it. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch. And when Batista came out, that was a curveball. Yeah. That was a curveball because he's been so busy doing movies, he he's really doesn't have time to really wrestle. So I don't know how he fit it in, but that's awesome, actually. Yeah, of course, uh, I think Triple H is going to get his uh, revenge and get his win back. Yeah. But... You, you know Triple H is going to get that back. And, and the thing is, I'm actually surprised Batista's the heel in this situation. Because the last time when they had that SmackDown uh, 1000 episode or, or whatever anniversary show that they had a couple months back, and they brought out Evolution, which kind of yes. confused me because Evolution was a Raw faction. It wasn't a SmackDown faction. And I understand why they did it. They were in Washington, D.C. That's Batista's hometown, whatever. They wanted that pop. And if you remember, Batista threw that jab out there. He was saying good things about Orton and Flair and Triple H. He was like, Triple H has done everything you can do in this business. All this other stuff, except beat me. And the, <laughs> yeah. and the crowd was eating it up, but Triple H had like a face on him. And Batista's always wanted that good return. Because unfortunately, when they brought him back the last time, they brought him back at a bad time. Because it was the yeah. time where Daniel Bryan was white hot and... You couldn't give that spot to anybody else but Daniel Bryan. It could have been anyone. It could have been it could have been maybe The Rock and people would have been the yes movement was too much at that time. You know what I mean? So they promised Batista the title. 
but they reneged and they gave it to Daniel Bryan. It was just Bryan's time, and Batista felt slighted, and he felt his return was 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 not a good one because people were booing him. They didn't want him around, whatever. But he always wanted that good comeback, and he feels this is the one right here, feuding with Triple H. Triple H is the authority or whatever. He Maybe people will side with Batista over Triple H. Not after what happened on Monday, though. So obviously Triple H is the face in this scenario, which I don't like. <laughs> it was interesting. He, and, and you know what was the interesting thing about what you mentioned with the SmackDown episode? That disappeared. Everyone forgot about it. Yeah. Until Monday. When it's like, oh! Mm-hmm. oh, oh, did I get your attention now? Yeah. So, I said, you got my attention. <laughs> <laughs> And I loved it. I was like, I actually loved it. I said, good. It wasn't the predictable, oh, force it upon me. Becky Lynch goes back there, beats the 70-year-old man, <laughs> uh, screams out, whatever. I'm the man. I'm the real man. I'm like, all right. You know? And, 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 you know, and good good segue. There's only, like, there's only like four good female wrestlers anyway. And and, and it's, I, I, I personally... Um, I think I think there's just it's like watching um, amateur basketball versus pro basketball <laughs> when people are shooting at the basket and they're just breaking every shot just hits the rim or hits the glass and bounces bounces away. That's how I feel about it. You know, yeah. I, I like to see more fluid. You can't build a whole roster of like 30, 40 uh, wrestlers based off of four wrestlers. You know. Yeah. That's what I think they're doing in WWE. I really, I really feel that way. So, so what you're telling me is you you wouldn't be super excited that the main event of of the the grandest stage is going to be probably Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch. <laughs> no, I'm not because it's like it's it, what I've loved and enjoyed about WWE during this whole process, and what I've admired is how. Even though politically they could affiliate McMahon with Trump or, or whatever they want to do or say McMahon's liberal or whatever or, or, or affiliate that his wife's in the cabinet, they don't. Because WWE has done a great job of staying neutral and staying out of politics and staying out of social justice issues. And with the women's main event, I feel it's like a push on the social justice issues because that lady, uh, was it Michelle Beadle? was angry at them at e- in ESPN. And I feel that's the only reason it's happened. Yeah. It's not an organic thing. It's more of a forced in there because we pointed it out and shamed you, like this whole culture of, of shaming and everybody wanting to know what is it, dox people and whatever. And I think WWE did a great job of staying out of those issues. And I don't think that it would be appropriate or, organ- or like I said, organic if they did it as the main event, when you have one of the biggest UFC draws as your champion in Raw, um, and you want to also amp it up because he's a UFC fighter who also goes to UFC and carries the flag of WWE. So he makes more money for WWE in the UFC field, and he's set up to fight Daniel Cormier um, pretty soon, or hopefully this year. Yeah. So... You want to build on that. You want to build on that. Perhaps maybe have DC come out at WrestleMania at the end. You know? That would be like, that would be something people go, wow, DC was there. Especially since DC was at the uh, training center NXT not so long ago training. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think I think he was there with uh, Cain Velasquez, who just got knocked out. So he should probably think yeah. of jo- now. If Cain, <laughs> wait, just a little. Cain's knees, knees gave out on him. That's why he lost. He lost. He beat himself, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I I think Cain's done in terms of of, of MMA. I think he's he's way over the hill uh, at this point, at such a young age, which is sad. But um. Could could we see Cain Velasquez in the WWE? Yes, I think so. I think so. Yeah, it should be. We've uh... seen we've seen, we seen worse big men. We've what? seen uh, what was it, McMichael? Oh, oh my God! We saw, <laughs> <laughs> we saw Rodman. We saw who else did we see? Carl Malone. <laughs> but but you know who was amazingly good was Ken Shamrock. Yeah, yeah. Who actually wants to come back for one last run, but they won't let him. <laughs> they should actually think about it. Yeah, it doesn't have to happen. Maybe he, maybe he could be a special enforcer or something, or a referee or something. Yeah, like for Le- for for a Lesnar match. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, but I would love to see if you really want to market something. Instead of focusing on this social justice issue, you want to make real money? You want to really get the crowd pop? Have uh, Lesnar beat down Seth Rollins. Make it look like Seth Rollins has a chance to win, and then when Seth Rollins is about to win, he doesn't win because Lesnar has a fit of some sort, or, or Heyman jumps in or does something, and then Lesnar just pounces away on Seth, sort of like he did with Orton, but not so bloody. Yeah, and who should come out of the out of the crowd and wrestle Lesnar, DC, wow. and then he ends WrestleMania by saying, "I'll see you in the USC ring." Boom, automatically, yeah. tickets will sell. Do you think Dana? Do, but do you think Dana will let him do that? Yes, Dana 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 would let him do it because. You, you have to think you have to think forward you have to think steps ahead Dana's thinking marketing marketing you put DC in the WWE this is how Dana allows uh, Lesnar to put or even come out to WWE theme music himself right and invites other WWE wrestlers like when when was the match that Lesnar had that the Undertaker was uh, ringside oh, and then that, that was uh, that was the fight with Kane where uh, yeah, where it was a cross promotion, and then what happened? Then you had the WrestleMania match of Lesnar and Undertaker. Yeah, and the street street broke. Because you remember, so, uh, Lesnar left the cage, walked by Taker, who was getting interviewed, I think, by Ariel Helwani, and uh, yes. and Taker was like, "You want to do it?" <laughs> and it was a very awkward stare between him and Lesnar after he just got knocked out, and, and Lesnar's just looking at him like, "You bitch," and they kept moving. <laughs> Yeah, and, 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 and that's that was a selling point, but it wasn't as big as if you put it on the grand old stage of the rest of WrestleMania. In front of 80,000 people or however it's going to be over there at MetLife Stadium that night. Remember what happened when um, Royal Rumble of last year, when it ended, Ronda Rousey came out. What happened immediately after Ronda Rousey came out? She pointed to the WrestleMania sign. When the show ended, all the media outlets were reporting it for days, at least for that week. 
Yeah. Imagine Daniel Cormier coming out at the main event, rescuing Seth Rollins, and coming out and saying, I'll see you in the UFC ring. Imagine what would happen. Do you think it would just be the media outlets? It would be all the sports outlets? It would be a media frenzy. You know what would be a bigger, crazier (laughs) name to do that in terms of UFC, who's a bigger name? And that has been associated with DC most of his career, John Jones. That would be that would be something. Yes, because that would be even bigger. Because well, Vince McMahon does like scandal, so who knows? Hey, John Jones. John Jones called them out before when he beat DC the last time, and and on top of that, Jones has a fight this weekend, which I think he's going to win because I doubt that Anthony Smith guy. Has anything for Jones, but we'll see. Um, that's another story. But yeah, and 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 Mania is literally, like I said, about a month away, and they could easily sell that fight because DC is thinking about retiring. He he wants to fight Engano after Engano destroyed Kane. So yeah, he, I think the la- he hasn't really spoken about Lesnar in a while, even though I'm sure that is the big fight that Dana White wants, but. Imagine if DC gets out the way a little bit and John Jones goes up to heavyweight to fight Brock Lesnar. Now that's a fight. Yes. Yes. And what stage is best to market it? Yeah. WrestleMania. Put it in WrestleMania. Forget this whole thing. Oh, I got Ronda Rousey. What are you going to get? Five minutes from Ronda Rousey who can't even freaking wrestle? <laughs> You're going to get Ronda Rousey. Like, and that's what I'm trying to say. You can't. Well, you have. All right. Becky Lynch can wrestle. Okay. Charlotte can wrestle. Oscar can wrestle. And the, the hugger, uh, Bailey. That's Bailey. about it. Bailey, yeah. That's about it. And the only reason I think the hugger can wrestle is because I saw her wrestle Oscar in NXT, and I was like, I don't want to watch this. And I watched it, and I said, wow, that was a match. What do you think about, uh, what do you think about Sasha? Uh, she's a mid-carder. She's an upper mid-carder. She would be like, in the male terms... She'll be a U.S. champion or IC champion. Yeah. I don't see her as a heavyweight champion. Because, you, you, know, you know, since they all came in together, they put Sasha in that same category. She's a five-time champion, whatever, blah, blah, blah. She's in the same. And her and Bailey and are. The, Bailey's falling out of that top tier, if you yeah. think about it. Well, you know what, it, you know what it's going to lead to at the end of the day? At the end of the day, it's probably going to lead to. WWE's four horsewomen, and it's been going on for a long time. WWE's four horsewomen and Ronda Rousey's four horsewomen. Because <laughs> you know, Shayna, Shayna. I mean? Yeah. You just have five, now. Now you're saying four and a half wrestlers because Rousey's a half. <laughs> yep. So now, okay. Oh, Shayna Blaze is the one who stomps the girls in the in the face, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I give her, I give her a credit. I give her. All right, so now you got five, five and a half. Well, okay. I, well, I agree. I think Shayna's better than Ronda at this point. Um, because yes. Ronda Rousey is terrible on the mic. So if you just go by strictly wrestling, Shayna Baszler has been doing this a lot longer than Ronda Rousey has. And the other two girls, Jessamyn Duke and 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 uh, Marina Shafir, which is the chick that's married to Roderick Strong. Um, I saw those two wrestle on an NXT house show here in Florida about a couple months ago. They're still as green as grass right now. Um, Shayna Bay, uh, Jessamyn Duke is a tall girl. 
She's probably about 5'11. She's she's she got height. She's probably just as tall as Charlotte. Um Marina Shafir is not good at all. Um at least not now. Um but the best one out of those four is definitely Shayna for sure. Um and then you put those four girls eventually they're all going to be there to be in Ronda Rousey's corner. I could see a scenario where all this time Becky and Charlotte has probably been planning this thing so they could both just beat the shit out of Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. And then I can see where maybe Shayna Baszler comes in, you know, maybe losing the NXT women's title the night before um, and, and, and being at WrestleMania coming to her rescue. I can see that happening. Uh, yeah, I guess. But you know what would be even better? Like, if... All this time, we don't know, you know, Billy Corgan was said that he's open to working with all sorts of federations, even WWE, right? He got interviewed by that little kid, uh, awesome AJ or something like that. Yeah. And they're in New York, all of them. Everyone's in New York that weekend. Everybody, yep. What better way than to have a... You don't have to bring Nick Aldis. I'm not saying bring Nick Aldis. Keep Nick Aldis. Because I know WWE, at this point, has made offers to Nick Aldis. Really? They want him. He's not going. Yeah, they made offers. It's not being discussed, but they made offers, and he's declined it. He's really committed to NWA. He's really committed. Wow. But WWE has... They like him. He has the look. He's in the prime years of his of his life. He's going into the prime, because you know it's usually around late 30s, 40s, the prime, when yeah. you're like, built like that, and he's only 31. Okay. Oh, oh, he's young. He's a lot long. He's a lot younger than I thought he was. Yeah. So, so they they like him. Okay. They like him. They want him. That's why they let his wife do um, outside uh, events or outside commitments outside of WWE. Um, the thing is, what better way than to you want to have a real wrestler join the ranks? Okay. You have let's say you have Becky and uh, Charlotte, and they and they jump um, Ronda. Shayna Baszler comes out. You put in um, the hugger, right? The hugger comes in. Now they're pounding on these two, right? They don't have a third person because you said those other two are green, right? Yeah. Bring in the longest-running NWA Women's Champion. That's a real wrestler. Wow. Jazz can wrestle. Wow. I think a lot of people really forget how, how good she is. She Her wrestling looks real. Her wrestling is like strong-style smash mouth. She's a real wrestler. She, and she knows how to make it look like real, like, like, like she's legitimately beating the crap out of, out of somebody. Wow, you know, I haven't. That, that, that's someone I haven't thought about in in years because when I think of Jazz, I think of ECW, um, her her short little run that she had in WWE for like maybe a year or two. She feuded with Trish Stratus last time I remember seeing her around. And I, like you said, I guess she's been in NWA for a long period of time. I, I know her and Rodney Mack, who was her husband. Um, yes. I know, I think they have a federation together on the side. Like, they do their own stuff. And, you know, I, I see, like, posts on Facebook and, and Instagram and YouTube and stuff. Uh, some of the things that they do on, on their own and all that. And I guess they're pretty successful in the independent scene. Um, and like you said, she's she's the longest reigning NWA Women's Champion. Um, I wonder how old she is. Maybe late 30s, probably early 40s, maybe. Because um, she's been around for a long time. Like I said, if, if you wrestled in ECW and you're still wrestling now, then you, you're, you're seasoned at this point. 
Um, so that that's very interesting. I, I don't know how close... Because, like you said, if Billy Corgan is interested in working with anybody and everyone. Um, that's the old school NWA mentality because that's what the NWA was back in the day. It was pretty much the governing body of all of pro wrestling. So if he's trying to go that route, I don't know how much Vince will want to work with him or at all. But it would be interesting to see who... And, and we could spin this off into AEW if you want because... We brought up, yeah. we, we were talking about how federations like Ring of Honor, among other feds, are still moving, even though AEW is coming around. And I had mentioned to you, I remember in a text that I was like, honestly, for me, bro, the only reason feds like Ring of Honor is still around is because of New Japan. If with that, without that relationship with New Japan, I don't think Ring of Honor survives right now. Um, I agree. The Sinclair money is there. Yeah. Ring of Honor's money is there. But, I mean, um, New Japan's money is there. But Ring of Honor's constantly rebuilding. Yeah. Constantly. All the time. But I don't know if you noticed something in the, in the landscape of, of what's considered indie wrestling, if we call it indie, because I don't even know what, what AEW is going to be considered. You know, yeah. at this point, nothing's happened. We don't know yet what AEW is. But if you notice AEW signing, and people look at it as a as a almost um, the TNA replacement, almost trying to be like a WCW. Yeah. Even the whole feel when they had that whole um, thing in Las Vegas when they were announcing who signed and stuff, and yeah. that they were gonna have a show, it felt like WCW. Okay. Yeah. What I notice is this: so AEW signing, Ring of Honor is losing all their people, so they have. NWA, which NWA, which is an interesting entity, if you look at NWA, it's a growing force and it's growing fast. Yet they have no TV presence on YouTube, and yet somehow, without having a roster, they have a roster. They have a better roster than ROH without having a roster. Yeah. And then to top it off, okay, because we know Lucha Underground is basically dead. To top it off, somehow. In the last month, Impact is just signing everyone to long-term deals. Davey Richards, who else did they just sign? Everyone's signing a, a long-term deal with Impact. So, so I'm saying, is ROH the one that's clinging to death? And Sinclair, the president Sinclair recently came out. I was on a, I was reading a forum, and I asked him a question about the CEO of a Stadium. I actually asked the CEO of Stadium something. And um, which is one of the Sinclair TV stations is like a sports channel. Yeah. And I asked a question about the standard definition, whatever this is and that. He answered it. And immediately after that, he said something about we bringing in new events and stuff like that. So someone asked him, what events are you? Are you? Is it like um, uh, AEW? And instead of saying AEW, what he said was we've been talking with other other organizations. So basically hinting that they were talking with NWA. Mm. And to me, I don't have insider knowledge. I don't have none of that stuff, and I'm not going to pretend. But to me, if you're saying old federations that are recognizable and you have a station that you're trying to go, because his whole narrative was that we're going we're gonna to survive. We're going to be like the ESPN of over the internet uh, or over the uh, air TV. We're going to last more because we're going to have more exposure. And you saying you want to bring brand recognition, then you can dissolve 
ROH into NWA, one, you don't have to worry about how it's run, and you can fund it and be a co-partner. Yeah. And, and I, I really feel ROH did start as an NWA group. I really feel like NWA is now starting to take it over. So if you remember um, during, I think it was um, the event they had in December, Final Battle. Yeah. When, um, when Matt David almost killed himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so remember I told you, um, I don't know if you remember, but I said that at the end of the Jay Lethal match when he won the title, I said, it seems as if they put more importance on the NWA title over their own title. Yeah. And what? since that point, I started noticing something like a change. Who did, uh, who did all, the, all this face that night? Was that the rematch with Cody? No, that was great. That was a great. Those those two matches were great. But um, no, it wasn't that. It was actually um, he just appeared. He wasn't even supposed to be oh, there. Oh, okay. He appeared. He came out of nowhere. Cody comes out. Cody loses. Cody looks at him, and he gives Cody like a like a three sign. Like we got to fight a third time. Yeah. But I don't think the cameras caught it. I don't think the cameras caught. It. I don't even think they expected him. So he comes out with that big Amazon that he comes out with. Oh yeah. And. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know her name. Uh, um, I just know she's dating uh, Strowman. And um, comes ah, out, yeah. and then he claps. And remember, um, the villain was in the ring. Yeah, Marty, yeah. You oh, know? isn't that Aldis's next opponent, Marty? Yes. And ROH is, is, is interestingly, it's going to be the Crockett Cup, an NWA event. And it says featuring ROH. It's like ROH is secondary yeah. on that show. Listen, man, honestly, if I'm if I'm Sinclair, and, and and I know he probably loves he's probably a fan. He probably loves wrestling, which is why he put his name to 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 run Ring of Honor and all that stuff, uh, and you know, and all this other stuff. But I would honestly either get into partnership or just give Billy Corgan full full reign of Ring of Honor, bro. Yeah. Go into a half partnership. Yeah. And let him have controlling power of all of it. Yeah, let him have access to your guys like you could see in the Crockett. I don't know if the I don't know who the teams are in the Crockett Cup yet, but you could have guys like the Briscoes or or you know the Kingdom or whatever other Ring of Honor tag team you want to throw in there. And you could have you know, Nick Aldis go against Jay Lethal, who's the Ring of Honor champion, I think, still to this day. Um, at what at this point, I think I feel like Jay Lethal's been Ring of Honor champion for like a million years. But um, you know, he he's he's been in Ring of Honor forever. You know, he he started in Ring of Honor when he was young. He was trained by Samoa Joe. Then he ended up in TNA for a long time, and then ever since yeah, leaving the TNA, yeah, Black Machismo. Ever since that, yo, that was some classic shit. Yo, I can literally. Watch that video, and every time I see it, just die laughing. They, I think, I think I was watching it the other day, and Ric Flair was holding his laughter. Yeah, he was because he was impressed. So <laughs> Ric Flair came out in his podcast and actually had Jay Lee through, and he was like, "I love when you imitate me, imitate me, imitate me," and he had him do. Yo, he that, had him do woo, when, and they were going woo on the show. When Jay Lethal would say one of his lines, and Flair goes, "Wow, that's my line." He's like, "No, that's my line. No, that's my line. No, that's my yo." That's so. Flair <laughs> said in that podcast, he said, "I think you do me better than me." <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's some funny, 
funny shit, bro. Like I said, I, there's certain videos where I've run into and I'm like, oh, I saw that one. I don't really have to see it again. When I come across that, like if I'm scrolling through YouTube or something and I see I was like, I got to see that again because that's. Uh, like I said, it, that was just perfectly done. That for me, that's probably one of the better things TNA's done in in in, for, in their whole existence. That one promo from Jay Lethal Im- imitating Ric Flair that was amazing. Um, but yeah, man, I, which leads me into into AEW because I know well Ring of Honor and New Japan have that relationship, and if you add NWA into that mix, that's kind of like a a true a three headed monster right there with New Japan. You could have. Didn't I, if I remember correctly, did they defend the NWA title at Wrestle Kingdom this past January? Or am the I NWA off on that? title? Yeah, no. but that that's probably going to happen next. Yeah, I, I could see that happening, man. It, you know, they it was probably the Ring of Honor title that that was defended at Wrestle Kingdom. They usually have that. Um, but but yeah, man, to have the NWA, New Japan, and and Ring of Honor team together, and and. This kind of leaves impact because, like you said, impact. They they resign guys like like uh, damn, what's that dude's name? Uh, that he was, shit. Uh, Davy Richards. Davy Richards, but also the dude that that became like a super monster heel this year. That he was in TN. Uh, that he was in a uh, Lucha Underground, and and he was in NXT for a little bit as the hacker. Uh, fuck. Oh. Uh, that he was in CCW for like a million years. What ah. Uh, that he's a part of OVE. Yes, uh, the one that broke Baby Richard's eye. Uh, yeah. Sammy Callahan. Callahan, yes. They they signed him for a long deal. And and not for nothing, man. I feel Sammy Callahan is like probably comeback story of the year this year. Not that he ever left, but but he finally became like a big star. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was good when coming up and, and, and doing his thing in the hardcore scene and and in the indies, and he finally made it to NXT, and we thought he was actually going to be something, and it didn't really work. And then he goes to Lucha Underground, does his thing there, goes to Impact, and just takes over the place as probably one of the best heels in the business right now. So I'm super happy for Sammy Callahan finally breaking through and actually becoming like a big star. Um, they signed Brian Cage, I think, to a big contract. Um, so they they're, they're trying to keep... The elite guys that they do have, they're trying to keep them on the lock and key. Which brings me to AEW, man. And I know I asked you this question before. And I don't know if stuff really has materialized. But are all these guys that they're signing to AEW on, like, contracts strictly to AEW? Like, that's the big question. All these guys they're bringing in, are they strictly AEW or do we see them in other places? Um, based off of what Cody said about working with other companies, I think it was more, I think he meant more New Japan and NWA versus Impact and maybe versus ROH, or maybe he's open to ROH, but, um, I think it's going to be semi-exclusive. I think they're going to have, um, they're not going to be able to work with certain, um, because remember they're paying them. They're actually paying them good money. Yeah. So I think, you know, you have to protect your investment. And therefore, you, know, you, might, you might see them in NWA and you might see them in New Japan, but I don't think you're going to see them in ROH or even Impact. Definitely not Impact. Yeah. Now, now it became official at Double or uh at that uh, Vegas... I think uh, Vegas, uh, what do you call that, uh, press conference. 
Um, we're we're getting Kenny Kenny Omega's officially AEW. Uh, now we kind of briefly spoke about it, like I think earlier today or yes or yes yesterday. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, now in the long run, looking a couple years from now, a few years from now, I ask you now, and you could give your answer that you gave me earlier. Did Kenny Omega make a mistake? Will he later on down the road regret not going to the big time at his hottest time of his career? Yeah, I think I think he should have gave WWE a shot. I think he should have. And I think what's going to happen is, what I was telling you is, Ricochet is going to take over next. Aleister Black might have his run, but I think Ricochet, um, to me, is like AJ Styles, where AJ Styles was high-flying, did these crazy moves, had these awesome matches with Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe, probably still some of the best matches I've ever seen, those triple threat matches. Yeah. And then he just reinvented himself. It was like uh, Chris Jericho and became a new character. Went to Japan, did the whole Bullet Club thing um, after he broke Roderick Strong's neck at (laughs) R.H. Yep. That was Roderick Strong's fault, though. Yeah, it and was. then um, then he he comes back and he comes to WWE and who did they have him immediately walk into face even though it's the Royal Rumble? Roman was Roman Reigns who was their guy, and they're like he comes out and everybody's like who's that who's that coming out and then the pop was crazy when they found out it was AJ. And Kenny had that opportunity, and instead they did what they did with number 30. But um, yeah. Kenny had that opportunity to do it. And he let it go. Now, my hope for him is that AEW does become the next WCW, not at the tail end with yeah. the bad gimmicks and the um, bad luck that they had at the end, but yeah. instead the success that they were an actual legitimate major league wrestling organization and that they had major league talent and that he could showcase his talent on a high level and show people as he develops more. Because if not, if he's just wrestling his friends, it's just he's just in a plateau. And I'm and just like I'm looking at the Young Bucks, I'm happy that they that they did this because they're starting a plateau with me. And I'm like, uh, seeing everything, how many super kicks can you give? I need to see something more. I also didn't want to see him um, break the arms like they did at a final battle that one of them almost killed themselves. But (laughs) (laughs) that final battle, almost everyone died. Who did a dive or (laughs) something. But, um, yeah, I'm happy for them as owners of AEW, but they're starting to tail off. And it's a good thing that they have AEW because it's like how Jeff Jarrett created TNA and he made himself the NWA champion like six times. Yeah. And it made him likable though, because it, it made him a strong force. Like it was like his battles with AJ, his his potential. He was gonna fight Hulk Hogan again, and then Hulk Hogan's knee didn't hold up. So that was next. So he ended up fighting Sting, and Sting was brought in. He had some good battles. Kristen Cage, Kurt Angle. Well, I'm actually I'm actually glad you brought up uh, uh, Jarrett with, with with what he did in N, uh, NWA TNA at the time, because I'm actually surprised that their first champion is not going to be Cody. It's not going to be Kenny. It's either going to be Hangman Page, which is like 
the baby of the Bullet Club, pretty much, and or of the elite or whatever the hell they call themselves right now, and either him or Neville, aka Pac. It's going to be Hangman Page and Pac in the main event to crown the first AEW champion at double or nothing. Now we're going to have, yeah, yeah, that's going to be I think their championship match, huh? No tournament. No, I think it just it just happened that way because you're going to have Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho in their rematch at double or nothing. Um I'm not sure who Cody's wrestling yet or the well the Bucks they're going to go against the Lucha the Lucha brothers uh Pentagon and 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 Phoenix. Um you already have the girls pretty much set up um cuz you know they they signed I don't know how you feel about this and I don't really know how to feel about it either. But uh, they 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 signed that transgender chick. That <laughs> I I'm not too familiar with her. I think her name is Nyla Rose. Um, she's obviously was born a dude who who now wrestles as a chick. Um, she's gonna be wrestling another chick. <laughs> so I don't know I don't know how your feelings on that is, and, but and, and that's that's another thing that I'm not feeling about AEW. They're trying to be too inclusive. You see, I understand sensory inclusive. You want all fans to come, but you're overstretching. Yeah. You're they're overstretching to appeal to the social media and the social society. When wrestling is about good versus bad, keep it simple. That's what people like. Occasionally, you have a tweener, and you know the first tweener I ever saw was uh, really for me. Uh, was Stone Cold, but the real first tweener was actually Ricky Steamboat when he lost it at WrestleMania, what was it, WrestleMania 3, and had the best match against Randy Savage and showed that a heel doesn't always have to be the kick-ass guy. The, 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 the face could also be in between, you know? Yeah. And then they just did it better when they did it with Austin because they figured out, oh, wait, let's bring that back, you know? Yeah. And Austin was obviously the best one out of all as a tweener. He drove us all crazy, but <laughs> you, you know, it, you know the devil you lie with. You know the person you sleep in bed with is, you know, it, it could come. This could all come back to bite them, because all of a sudden, all it takes is one bad tweet. Oh, my son who has autism, you didn't treat him good, and that goes off on a storm. You know? Oh yeah, that's and like social uh, media lights I, up. And that's like I don't know if you remember a few years ago. Um, the WWE actually signed uh, either they signed or they were thinking of signing the Briscoes and uh, Mark and Jay uh, and I think Papa Briscoe, which is the pops, obviously, they they were at a WWE house show and everything like they showed up. And um, I think I don't know which brother it was, but one of them had a tweet on Twitter saying how like they don't like gays or. Like, if his kid was ever gay, like, he would shoot him or some craziness like that. I don't know. But they they made a derogatory statement about homosexuals, and they, they, they WWE was like, nope, you know, y'all a little too hardcore for us, so we're not going to sign y'all. You know what I mean? So they ended up staying in Ring of Honor, and they've been there ever since. <laughs> so they never really got that shot with WWE, I think, just because of that one tweet. And that was years ago. You know what I mean? So... They could definitely hold the grudge over over some crazy shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and I think and I think AEW is setting themselves up, and the ramifications that are going to come from it are going to be really bad. 
And all it takes is for that transgender, because, you know, we can ignore the truth or whatever, and they can feel a certain way or whatever about their sexuality and what they like, and I don't care. But you know what? Biology is biology, and facts are facts. And he was born a man, so he's going to have male hormones, even if they try to suppress the male hormones. Okay, there's, there's, there's one thing. There's no testing on what um, happens when they make the transition. So what's going to happen is all it takes is for that one wrestler to hurt a woman, and they're going to say a lot of bad things, and yeah. it's going to blow up in AEW's face. And that's why... It's best to stay out of politics and stay out of social justice issues and stay out of it. And and AEW is this, oh, we're going to, you know, this whole thing about, oh, we're going to pay everyone equal, even the women. No. Okay, I get that. No. But you know what? Equal pay comes with equal talent. Yeah. Who's putting exactly. people in the seats? You know what I mean? I can't just give a million dollars to some Joe Schmo woman wrestler and then give a million dollars to Chris Jericho when I know, obviously, Chris Jericho is established and can give me stuff. Yeah, exactly. Get- I, I'm not going to give, you know, Britt Baker, who, who's a good wrestler, and she's, I think, dating or engaged to Adam Cole. Um, but I'm not going to give Britt Baker, who's been wrestling maybe four years, the same amount of money I'm giving to Kenny Omega. Like, let's be real, okay? Let, let's, be, let's, let's be real here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> And all it's going to take, all it's going to take is for somebody, it's like the women's, the WNBA. The WNBA is consistently in the black, okay? And the NBA funds it to keep it alive. It's just, a, it's just let's support our, our sister uh, our sister league and let's, let's pump in money and infuse it. And yet they're like, oh, we want equal pay like the players. First of all, you, you're only paying, like a, it's about a third of the season the men are playing. And marketing-wise, the men, when you see the practices, it goes back to that whole comment I said before. I don't want to see a basketball game where the men are shooting and consistently, when you go to see Seth Curry at practice, he's not missing anything. He takes 100 shots, he probably misses one. Yeah. When you see the WNBA, it's clunking all over the place. The quality, they're not dunking. They're not doing things that the men are doing. That's why the attendance is so poor. Yeah. And that's why they're not money. They always lose money. So when you start asking, oh, we're not getting equal pay, that's what's gonna. That's what AEW setting themselves up for. Oh, we bring in people too. We bring in a draw. We do this. I should get paid a million dollars like Jericho. And then that's what happened. Economically, social justice policies don't always add up with economics in a free market or even in a socialist market because everybody's crazy about socialism. But I'm not going to go into that. But even in those type of things, when you try to equal them out, they just they, they, they balance themselves out, you know? And, and and I just don't see it. A four-year, like you said, a four-year person and an established 30-year, 40-year veteran. It's just not, it's just not, uh, they're setting themselves up, and I don't want that for AEW, but they're setting themselves up for, for a lot of, uh, a lot of litigation, a lot of, like, social media push, and I think they just should stay out of social justice issues. Just make it about the wrestling, you know. And and somebody will probably listen to this podcast and be like, "Oh, again, he's a racist. He's bigot. He's a whatever." Because that's <laughs> what everybody's going to whatever. But the reality is, I don't want AW to involve themselves in things that are going to cost them a fan base or alienate their fan base. Because 
you know, I don't, you know, right now this fan base looks like traditional Southern Southerners and whatever. You know, I, I don't know. I'm assuming, just like everyone else is making an assumption about how AEW is going to be the big thing. We don't know yet. It hasn't come out, you know? Yeah. Three months from now, it'll come out. Yeah, and, and and I I think just like you said, I think they're just trying too hard to get that niche audience of of the millennial the millenni- millennial audiences pretty much because honestly speaking, I think only in this millennial time is everybody so conscious of everything, walking on eggshells. That that's a that new that's a everybody. yeah that's a new thing for me, bro. Like, and the thing is, technically. I mean, I was born in the 80s. I guess that technically makes me a millennial, I think. I I, I forget what the range is on that shit. But like, I, like, like you said, everybody's offended about something. You need like consent about everything, uh, uh, any little thing. You need to watch what you say. You need to watch this. You got to apologize for something you said 10, 15 years ago. Like it is insane how the 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 life we're living right now you know what i mean it's 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 t- yeah it's insane but 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 we digressed because the whole thing about AEW and but going back to 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 how AEW sets themselves up for failure okay leading into it i just wanted to make a point that adam page against pac if it's true that that's the title match and they give the title to Pac. You know what that does to the credibility of the credibility of AEW? Throws it in the trash. Right. And nothing against Pac. But he was the cruiserweight champion at WWE. Yeah. Well, that you that, know? that could be them making a statement saying WWE underutilizes great talent. Because I mean, if you mentioned Ricochet. Now explain to me in ring wise. What can Ricochet do that Pac can't? A lot. <laughs> like, Ricochet is more... Um, he can wrestle, actually. Which Pac can do, yeah. Um, but Ricochet can combine wrestling and the high-flying style much better than Pac. Pac looks more robotic. And um, Ricochet does it more fluidly. If you remember Ricochet's matches as Prince Puma... Ricochet, when he was Prince Puma on Lucha Underground that first season, second season, when he was the underground, the Lucha Underground champion, the reason they made him the champion is because he looked like a legitimate champion next to big guys. Pac looked like a little guy next to big guys. So they had to make him a cruiserweight champion. Yeah. You understand? So even teaming him up so that we could get acclimated with Ricochet by teaming up with Alistair Black, who's a big guy, who's a heavyweight dude, you can see... Yeah, Ricochet, I can see him. He looks big. He's cut. He looks like he can handle someone. Now, in the same sense, if we take out Ricochet and put Pac there, he's going to look small. Even when he was standing uh, face-to-face with Hangman Page and, and lifted the title up, he looks like a smaller guy. Well, well, in, in, in defense of that, Page is not a little guy. Uh, I think Hangman goes about, what, 6'2"? Six three, maybe yeah. maybe two fifty. Yeah, he's he's Pac looks like a little guy next to Paige. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does, he does. And, and that's the whole thing. So now you're really gonna tell me a guy in Hangman Page who lost that television title to uh, that small but big guy. Um, that I I, I'm, I think he's okay. Um, Is that Ishi? 
No, the um, Cobb, Cobb, right? Oh, Jeff, Jeff Cobb. Cobb. Jeff Cobb, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's okay. He's still really, really green. Well, you know, uh, well, you know, you know, Jeff Cobb is Matanza, right? I didn't know that. Yeah, from Lucha Underground, the the monster Matanza. That's that's Jeff Cobb. Yeah, they make him look big in, in Lucha Underground. <laughs> yeah, they make him look bigger. They make him look like Kane, even though he's short. He's a short guy. He reminds me of, of Mark Hunt in UFC, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mark Hunt looks, yeah. Mark Hunt looks like a big guy, like he can handle it with the big guys. Yeah. He just got Ross House by less, but he, he he kept it there. Yeah. But, you know, Cobb, I'm, I'm not taking away from Cobb, but the thing is that Cobb, the... Hangman Page, yeah. and you could see and you can believe that Cobb can beat Page. Yeah, you're gonna take away the credibility from Page if you make him lose the pot. Even though since he's in that elite faction, I could see, I could see if I could see them putting the belt on Page just to get Page's name out there as a bigger star. You know, push him as a champion, all this other stuff. My question is because AEW does not have a full roster yet. And that, that show is close. It's not that far away. It's coming up. Um, you know, are they, is it going to be them feuding with each other? Is the elite no more? And they're just, are they just going to be, you know, their own people in, in AEW? I got to see, I got to see when they get a full roster, what they're going to do with it. Yeah. Right now, when I go to the Wikipedia page, they have seven matches listed. They have Page against Pac which is the first match. They have SoCal Uncensored against Sima and those yep. other Japanese the guys. Other Japanese guys, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they have, so it's a three-on-three. Three. Then they have Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho, which actually could be your main event. Yeah. They have Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose versus Kali Ray. Yeah. Then they have the fifth match, they have Cody versus To Be, the ter- to be Announced. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of feel that's going to be Cody all this three. I was just thinking that could that be the third match for the NWA belt? Yeah, yeah I, I think, I think which, so. I which think once, ag- which once again, it, are they putting that NWA belt at a higher pedestal than their new a- AEW belt? They probably should. They, they probably should have started with NWA and then, but you know what? It, it, it's better not associate yourself because. Um, history shows that when you disassociate yourself inappropriately with the NWA, you go down just as fast as well, the NWA. Uh, well, we can we can ask Shane Douglas how how that went. But um, <laughs> yeah. it's like the only one that survived was WWE because they willingly they left in a mutual respectful way, and then um try to revive the NWA in 1998. You know, yeah. so and they and they worked on it for a year. It just didn't work out. But yeah. That that was the first time Jeff Jarrett became NWA champion, but it didn't, like you said, it didn't work out too well. Um, So yeah, it's very interesting to see what AEW is gonna do. uh, You know, in in that aspect, and 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 well, here's the good thing about it, like you said, there's competition now. There's other stuff to watch. You know, I mean, there's other stuff to watch now. Like you can watch New Japan, you can watch Impact if you're a fan. And and you can watch Ring of Honor. You can watch you know Mexico. I I I forget. I think Impact is it Impact. I think it's Impact that has to deal with CMLL and and or or is that AEW? I forget. One of them has. I think it's Actually, AEW. 
looking at the Crockett Cup, looking at the Crockett Cup, and who are the sponsoring entities behind it? Of course, it's NWA first. Then it's Ring of Honor, right? Then it's CMLL and New Japan. Yeah. So those those are the uh, the uh, organizations that are teaming up to do the Crockett Cup, and and they're like taking a seat to the NWA. Yeah. So, needless to say, like every company outside of WWE, along with the WWE product that's on TV pretty much all week long with Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and if there's a pay per view that week, that you get one full week of WWE programming. Um. The wrestling right now, I, I feel, is in a decent place. It, better than usual, for the most part. Um, now, because I know we have a, a small window with you, I want to talk about a couple of things, and then we could we could end this off. Um, I, <laughs> I'm going to end off with the, with the Hall of Fame that they got so far introduced. But, um, and I'm again to Roman Reigns real quick. But before that, what are your thoughts on the whole... Corey Graves Carmella thing that happened a couple weeks back. <laughs> if you it's all foolish nonsense. Uh, <laughs> keep your private life private, you know. That you know, don't be sloppy. You know, keep your private life private. You know, you know, things get messy when people have divorces and stuff like that, and people accuse people of other things or whatever. So we don't know what happens in private life, but at least you know what? He's he needs to have his private life kept in, in 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 the privacy yeah instead of allowing it to to spill out into the public this is it's embarrassing yeah it's it's almost like because that stuff literally came out to the surface like that and the whole uh uso getting getting arrested with uh i i don't think naomi got arrested i think it was just uso but um but all that craziness came out like a day before the pay-per-view so it kind of took the attention off the pay-per-view and on to this crazy stuff that's going down. Like, like my initial thought when the pay-per-view was starting, are they going to show Corey Graves right away? Which they didn't because they went straight to a match. They didn't even do their usual announcing of the announcers until later on in the show. And then I was like, I told my wife, I was like, yo, can you imagine if Carmella comes out first? There it goes right there. She was the first one to come out in that match. <laughs> <coughs> I was looking forward to the to the fan reactions, and I'm pretty sure WWE lowered the volume of the crowd because I'm pretty sure they were saying something to Carmella that night. Um, it's just surprising because, I mean, uh, a lot of stuff came out that they've been separated, Corey Graves and his wife, for months, and the divorce is almost final. So I'm like, okay, that information came out a little later. So it's like, all right, we could give the guy a break. You know what I mean? Like, you know, him and his wife were finalizing a divorce, and if he ended up messing around with Carmella, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, all these relationships that you have outside of the wrestling business, any relationship that stays together for years and years and years, you got to commend them because you are a traveling circus with a bunch of young, you know, in shape, you know, semi-good-looking people. It depends who you think is good-looking or not. Carmella is a little weird in the face, but... You know, great body. You know, she, she's a dancer. She's in great shape. So, you know, it's like, okay, if that's what you're into, you know, you got with Carmella. Who, but it kind of brought me to Carmella was engaged to Big Cass. And then that ended. So my thought process is, 
was this Corey Graves thing going on that whole time, which led to her breakup with Cass, and then this happened. So I have no idea. Nobody does, which is why, just like you said, they should probably keep the private stuff in the private. <laughs> yeah, and I like what WWE did about the Uso situation. They just gave him the tag team title yeah. and took their pension. <laughs> <laughs> well, you remember they did the same thing last year. I think it was his twin brother that got arrested for a DWI, and they gave them the tag belts that year too. So it's like whenever the Usos get in trouble, they get the tag belts, which is you know good for them. Which is now leading obviously to Shane McMahon and the Miz at WrestleMania, but we can get to that on a different show. Um, leading up to Mania itself, but um, obviously we we brought up Roman Reigns earlier, and uh, he returned on Monday night to announce. <laughs> that um his cancer is in remission, so he beat it for the time being, which is a good thing. And he's immediately getting into wrestling competition. What do you think about that? I don't I don't think it's wise. First of all, he, he really had cancer. And cancer has no doesn't discriminate on the way you look. Um and people are gonna be like, oh it's just a it's just a work. It really wasn't a work. It's it was real cancer. You know? I think um the flack and the um, remember, WWE is a public, um, tr- publicly traded uh, corporation. They would get a real hit on the market if they faked something like that. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, it would it would kill the stock, and and the and the, the investors wouldn't want that to be the case. Okay, because I think they actually caught a bump uh, when uh, when he announced it because people were in shock and people. We're now invested in watching, you know, and, and it was talked about. But another reason you could tell it was real, he looked weaker. Mm-hmm. He didn't look as strong as he normally looks. He looks weaker, like he went through some therapy, maybe chemo, I don't know. But he looks weaker. Even his muscles don't look as sharp as they did before. Like his cuts. Yeah. Sorry, excuse me. His cuts weren't... Um, I could just see that he was a little bit weaker. And I think it's too early for him to come back. I know he probably wants to be there for WrestleMania. And trust me, I would love to have come seen a heel, a heel rock, like I was telling you the other day, just come and, and, and challenge him at WrestleMania. Love it. Would love it. You know? Maybe a series where the rock wins this year and then next year he comes back and Roman then gets the the latter match at uh, WrestleMania 36, but I really feel it's, it's too soon. And I think they're going to lead to that fraction that looked awesome with Drew McIntyre, um, Baron Corbin, um, Elias, and who was the other guy? It was, uh, it was, it was Lashley. Bobby Lashley. Oh, when they were beating up on set, um, was it Seth or Dean? Or Dean. I was like, oh, that's a killer villain uh, faction right there. But um, I think it's going to be the the shield against maybe three of those guys. Yeah, but how, it can't be at Mania because Seth has Lesnar. Yeah, stranger things have happened where he <laughs> fought. Remember when he won the title? He fought in the, the, the RKO out of nowhere was the first match. Yeah. And then he won the title later that night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know how they could pull that off. Maybe, uh, I guess it'll be Roman and Dean. And a lot of people are saying that 
maybe Roman Reigns could be the catalyst to keep Dean Ambrose in WWE because obviously it's been known for a while that Dean Ambrose, once his contract is up after Mania, he's not wanting to come back. And would it be really, really interesting if right after Mania, Ambrose does not sign and he is maybe Cody Rhodes' opponent at AEW? I would like that. I would like to see him in AEW. You know who else I like to see in AEW? Randy Orton. Yeah, I, I he kind of kind of shot that down. I don't think that's gonna happen. Um, he's so smug. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, he's, <laughs> he's so smug with that face, like what he did to AJ on Tuesday. Oh, the you you know you know you know that's gonna happen at Mania, right? That's gonna be a good match. Yeah. Yeah, because fans, oh, Roman, uh, or Randy, or Randy, or Randy Orton's a good wrestler. Yeah. And you put him with an AJ Styles, which that's hasn't a, happened. That's a, that's a good match. That's a good match. That's a main event match. Yeah. And you're not, and it's not even going to be a main event. No. It's that, probably going to be second on the card. <sighs> if you hear my sigh. <laughs> <sighs> Listen, Dude, man, you, with all those titles. AJ so much. Dude, with all those title matches that they're going to have, you know the women are probably going to be either semi or main. You know Lesnar and Seth is going to be semi or main. Um, You're going to have Triple H and Batista. That's going to be probably middle of the card. You're going to have some sort of like ladder match of some sort for the IC or US title. That's probably going to be first match on the card. Um, Just trying to do how WWE does things. You know what I mean? Um... Then you'll have the women's tag team championship somewhere in there. You're gonna have, and they're getting rid of 205 Live. I'm letting you know that right now. Um, because Buddy Murphy sent out a tweet saying he's gonna at some point announce his future in terms of WWE. And Buddy Murphy is a guy who can maybe make some noise on the main roster. I who knows? You know what I mean? He, you know, there's no way that man is 205 pounds. No oh, way. No way. That is a lie. No way. That's like, that's like, remember when Matt Hardy was cruiserweight champion back in like 03? He was like, yeah, I'm losing all this weight. I'm like, bro, you're 240 pounds. How the, how the hell are you cruiserweight champion? You know what I mean? That's back when he had Shannon Moore as his manager and all that stuff. He was on the treadmill. I was like, I'm losing weight. I'm losing weight. I'm like, get the hell out of here. I was like, you were the fat brother of the Hardys. There ain't no way you're a cruiserweight, bro. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, Buddy Murphy is probably going to defend and have one more great probably cruiserweight title match at Mania. Yeah, so I could totally see, you know, AJ and Orton being like second match on the card. You know, and and possibly, you know, well, Finn Balor's the Intercontinental Champion. He'll probably defend against Lashley or something. You're going to have Kevin Owens and 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 Kofi and Brian in there. You're going to have all these matches, bro. Mania is going to be super, super stacked in terms of how many matches are going to be on the card. You're going to have the pre-show matches with probably the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and Women's Battle Royal and all this bullshit. You know, I I could totally see Brian and Randy getting lost in the shuffle in terms of placement on the card. And that's unfortunate because that could be the the match that one of the matches that steals steals the night. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, that's like. Remember when Austin? Yeah, from I can see how it ends right now. It's gonna be a phenomenal forearm into the RKO. Hopefully not, but we'll see. Um, yeah, it's it's like when Austin Aries and Neville 
you know, Pac, we were talking about him earlier. Austin Aries and Neville had the best match of the night, and they didn't make the DVD. Horrible. Horrible. And they were like the first match or something like that of the, the card. Yeah. It was the first match on the pre-show at like five o'clock in the afternoon. They had an they had the best match of the night and it didn't make it didn't make the DVD. It's a shame. It just Speaking it of just him, shame. where the hell is Austin Aries? I don't know. Maybe taking, you know, some time off himself after trying to imitate um uh the Ultimo Dragon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah because that's a guy AEW could look at. Yeah. But was the impact thing a work or was it really like Jim Cornette said that he's really difficult to work with? Yeah, it could be. It could be, you know. You know? Yeah. And that's the that's the problem. Maybe AEW, who's so uh, politically and social media sensitive, may not want to bring him in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good possibility. <clears throat> All right, so to so to end to end this night off, we're gonna I'm gonna talk about the Hall of Fame real quick. They got two in, they got two inductees so far into the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, one of them was uh, Degeneration X. Um, obviously, Shawn Michaels is gonna be a two time WWE Hall of Famer. Um, and in the future, Triple H will be a two-time Hall of Famer because I don't see him not inducting himself by himself one day. Um, they threw the New Age Outlaws in there, which they're a Hall of Fame tag team in themselves, but this is the way of getting them in there. And uh, X-Pac, who by resume alone, I believe is a Hall of Famer, but they will never induct him on his own because he wasn't that big of a money draw. So this is the way of getting everyone in there. And also China will be inducted into the Hall of Fame along with this group also. Um, so just right off the bat, when you heard D-Generation X as the headlining act for the Hall of Fame, how did you feel about it? You know, when I heard, because I saw it on ESPN, I said, oh, wow, they're in. And they said both both renditions, right? I said, oh, that's great. And I said, where's Rick Rude? Yeah, I thought about that too. I thought about Rick, and I hear a lot of people out there, other podcasts, oh, Rick Rude wasn't in that long. I was like, that's not the point. Rick Rude was one of the original members of DX. It was Michaels, Triple H, China, and Rude in, in, in the beginning. You know what I mean? Uh, Rude ended up leaving after the Montreal Screwjob and went to WCW and joined the NWO. But the point was, those few months, because DX formed in early 97, Rick Rude left ECW, came into WWE, and he was automatically in the Generation X. Like, he just popped out of nowhere as their insurance policy. You know what I mean? And he was there until the screw job. And then he left. And then after WrestleMania blah, 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 14, when Michaels broke his back and had to take off all those years, that's when Triple H brought in X-Pac, who was straight out of WCW. Then they, the New Age Outlaws joined the same night. And China was still around, and they had, you know, their second run at it. But, um, but yeah, Rick Root is definitely an original member of DX that every that a lot of people forget about. Definitely, everyone was making enough ruckus about, oh, China's in, which is great, she's in. And they're like, oh, but why can't she get in alone? Like, you have to walk before you run. Slippery slope. You know what I mean? It's a slippery. It's a, that's the safe way WWE right. could. It's smart. Yeah. It's smart. Yeah. And and it's it's the smartest way to get her in without controversy. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I know they're regretting the whole uh, Sunny thing of putting her in because all she keep doing, she just got arrested the other day. 
Well, the thing with Sunny is Sunny is kind of smart because she did a lot of dirt after she got inducted. Like, even like, <laughs> like even though she did get arrested a few times, you know, before that, but she was clean for a while. She lost a lot of weight. She was looking good. They actually brought her on TV one time, and I think Hornswoggle like humped her leg or some stupid shit. But you know, she she was getting back in the good graces. You know, she kissed up to the right person or whatever. And Sonny was a big deal back in the day. A lot of people think, oh, she was just a manager. Fine. She was a manager. She also worked backstage. She was also a hot commodity. She was the top downloaded female back in them days, which is a huge deal. America Online was a big deal back in the day. A lot of these young dudes, you know, don't even know what that is. But still, that's not the point. She deserved that spot. You know, she was a good worker, not ring-wise, but everywhere else. She was a good talker. She was a good manager. You know, she was good at what she did. And, you know, she ended up doing all her nasty porn and and crazy shit after she got inducted. So unless they're going to do her like they did Hogan after he said the N-word and just take him out for a little bit and put him back in. Well, they can't. They can't. You can't be hypocritical. You can't come out and, and just because she's a woman, you did that and you don't do it to Hogan. Yeah. Because if you're gonna do that to her, you have to do it to Hogan. Yeah. Well, I think they did. I think. I think supposedly they did do it to Hogan for a little bit. Like he got banned completely from WWE, yeah, and then and they they wasn't out of the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the things they were thinking of doing was removing him from the Hall of Fame, which is ludicrous. But <clears throat> you know, China was a rough, rough story in the fact that, and I've spoke about China years ago. Uh, after she passed away, I actually did a a little video on her talking about her and other people um, back when I was doing uh, YouTube, not YouTube, uh, Facebook live videos. Yeah, people, I was doing Facebook live videos with, before they were cool. OK, so that's <laughs> that's pretty much how I got started doing my own thing. I started out doing YouTube. Uh, I mean, Facebook videos, um, <clears throat> you know, China found out about the whole thing with Triple H and Stephanie and she just went downhill ever since then um and it was a sucky ending for her in her life you know what I mean um but she did do a lot of legendary shit in WWE first woman to be Intercontinental Champion she you know had good matches with Jeff Jarrett and and Chris Jericho and exactly. all, you know she that's actually, a perfect example yeah the I, I when when I remember I was in college and I remember screaming yeah when when Jeff Jarrett hit her with the guitar on the head yeah. on that episode of Raw, and I loved it because I, I saw the anticipation of and the build-up for her winning the title, and I was okay with it because, one, she it was believable that she could probably get over on Jeff Jarrett, and the build-up was awesome. It wasn't forced. Like I said, it was organic. Yeah. It was natural. And back then, I was like, wow, she won. And then... Then they teamed up with Eddie Guerrero, and, and they had a little uh, comedic run, which was good. That was so, good. I like that. You know? <laughs> that, the, the, the mamacita the mama, 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 stuff. That was good. I like that. <laughs> but, um, you know, this is the smart, like you said, the smart and safe way to to bring that girl in without, like you said, without controversy. You know what I mean? <clears throat> they put out a statement that said, um, basically they said, cut out all the jazz. We'll, we'll be there. And we're proud of being there and we're going to be there to represent her. Yeah. And even, and even just her, if you go down the line, 
you know, I'm happy for X Pac because I know he gets a lot of he gets a lot of flack for having that go away heat later on in his career and stuff like that. But for someone like you said, look at the size of Kofi Kingston, right? Who does he look body wise? Who was who looked just like that back in the day when you couldn't couldn't look like that? That was one, two, three kid, bro. That was Sean Waltman. He had that same same body type. You know what I mean? As as someone like Kofi. You know, he was a good worker. He had legendary moments in, in, in on Raw when he beat Scott Hall. You know what I mean? That was that was a big deal. Um when he left uh WWE, went to WCW, joined the NWO. He did good stuff there. When he joined DX, he did good stuff there. He X Pac had an underrated run in terms of his career and how it went. Um obviously he had a bunch of outside crazy stuff that happened too, him and China together. But um, in terms of the wrestling business, compared to other guys who are in the Hall of Fame, X-Pac is definitely deserving. And, and, and the New Age Outlaws, Billy Gunn, who's probably one of the better tag team wrestlers ever in wrestling, and, and Road Dogg, who's, who's an Armstrong. You know what I mean? He's in that family. He's in that wrestling lineage. And, you know, he carved out a good career for himself, too. And, of course, Michaels and Triple H just, you know, that's self-explanatory. You know what I mean? So it's definitely a deserving group. My question is, who inducts DX? That's a good question. I, no, <laughs> I would think I would think maybe Vince McMahon because, you know, he was the one that mostly feuded with them, them and and Austin. I would think also, um, but Vince McMahon and 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 I guess uh, Russo and whoever came up with this gimmick along with Sean and, and Triple H, um, this was their counter to the NWO. And DX and Austin and a mixture of DX, Austin, Rock, Foley, and Undertaker is what got WWE over the hump against WCW. And DX was a DX was a big, big reason for that. So I can see somebody like Vince. Shawn Michaels never had the back injury. And would they have still added X-Pac and New Age Outlaws? I think they would have. Yeah. I could. I, I could, wonder how it would have worked out. Number one, I, I could see Pac coming in because Pac wasn't going to stay in WCW. He had heat with Eric Bischoff. And uh, X-Pac, I, I definitely saw coming in. Like, I could see, yeah, Sean maybe losing the belt to Austin and wanting the rematch. And probably Waltman coming out to help Sean and Triple H jump Austin. And I still think they bring that group together with Sean there. However, I think Triple H's push would have came way later. Way later. But it did come way later, way later anyway. Because if you think about it, I remember the first episode after Raw where he announced the new DX. And he said, oh, basically... It, it made it seem like he was throwing Sean under the bus, but he wasn't really. Yeah. You know, yeah. for the for the gimmick, like, oh, this is a new generation or whatever. He became the leader, but what was he challenging for? The Intercontinental Title. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. in the main event scene. That was back when the Intercontinental Title uh, was kind of better than the main event scene at the time, where you had The Rock versus Austin. Well, no, Austin had just left out, but it, but. It was still The Rock and Triple H fighting for the IC title. Um, but he still wasn't he wasn't a main event guy. So I, I guess 
Sean st- still probably would have been in the main event. Oh, yeah. They still put- I think he would have progressed along the same way he would have. Nine, three years later, what was it when he was um, heavyweight champion? What, 2001, 2002? Well, he actually first won the belt in 99. Like, because uh, Foley... Foley had won the belt from Rock, and they had switched it back and forth, back and forth. Then, later on that year, and it was at SummerSlam, because they had a triple threat match. It was Austin, Mankind, and Triple H. Um, Mankind won the match. I think he pinned Austin. But the next night, Mankind defended the belt against Triple H, and Triple H won the belt. That was the first time Triple H got the belt. And then from, like, 99 to, like, 2004... It's been on and off, Triple H, Triple H, Triple H, Triple H. Like, Triple H, it became the Triple H show. You know what I mean? Like, so, my, Michaels got hurt in 98. By 99, Triple H was already world champion. I think Triple H, the push, maybe he would have been champion in 2000. Yeah. But I think he would have came, his title, his championship run would have came against uh, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Yeah, I think it that... Been, it would have been a, 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 a ruckus in DX over who's the leader, and then that's that's where Sean would have probably gave, uh, lost the belt to, to Triple H. Yeah, I could, I could have saw a scenario where, kind of like when The Rock took over the Nation of Domination, I could see Triple H looking at X-Pac, then Pac looking at the Outlaws, then they're looking at China. I could see China hitting Sean with a low blow, and then the dogs just coming in and beat the hell out of him. Yeah. But, uh, you know, definitely a deserving faction for sure. Um, Now, their second inductee that they announced just the other day is someone who, honestly, bro, I thought was already in there. (laughs) They announced the Honky Tonk, man. Now, that's an interesting pick, I guess. I mean, longest reigning Intercontinental Champion ever. Um, Former tag champion, I think. No, I don't think he and Greg Valentine won the tag belts as Rhythm and Blues. But, um, yeah, pretty good team. Now, obviously, he's the first cousin of Jerry the King Lawler, but I don't think they're cool with each other. <laughs> but, um, like, you know, when you heard Honky Tonk, man, what, what, what came to your mind of him being inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2019? I was like, oh, uh, that's cool, but I said, like you, like you did. Wasn't he in there already? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like it took so, a long, it took a long time to induct the honky tonk man in there. It that that tells you the problem of the Hall of Fame. Um, people that should be in it already are still not in it. Yeah, that's a problem. And and supposedly there's like uh there's rumors of of people going in. I heard. Did you hear the rumor about Taz? No. Yeah, supposedly there's rumors going around that Taz is going to make it into the Hall of Fame. I don't see that happening. What do you think? <laughs> if they're going based off his ECW resume, because they own ECW, and the impact he had for ECW, he was the longest reigning TV champion. I kind of thought he was the main guy. After a while, I was like, wait, you still the TV champ? I thought you were the main champion. Um, maybe. But... Maybe more as an announcer, I guess. <laughs> and, and and you would think, I mean, it would be the perfect time because cause it's in Brooklyn, right? I think it's the Hall of Fame in MSG or is it in Barclays Center? I'm not sure. But um, I, if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, 
I think the Hall of Fame event is in Barkley. They wanted to do MSG, but then they didn't book it. So then that's when ROH in, in Japan jumped ah, in. And, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. have rights to say no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. I think everything's going to be Barclays Center. NXT, the Hall of Fame, and then the MetLife Stadium will have Mania. Um, <clears throat> So, yeah, I mean, I'm hearing rumors about Taz. I'm hearing rumors about other guys. Um, Honestly, uh, oh, and th- I'm hearing rumors about Paige. Which is like, no, no, she's not a Hall of Famer. Stop it. I know they made the movie. I know, unfortunately, she, she her career ended. But let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. There's other people who are way more deserving. There are women who are out there who are still not in the Hall of Fame. There are way more deserving than Paige. Um, yeah. I could think of a few of them off the top of my brain. Uh, how about a girl who's actually still wrestling for your company, who's a six-time champion, Mickey James? She's way more deserving than Paige to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, uh, I, Victoria's not going to be ever inducted probably till later, unfortunately. I don't know. She has heat, I, I guess, with the company, and that sex tape of her and her husband surfaced a while back. Um, so that's probably off the table. Um, I don't know if Molly Holly's in the Hall of Fame yet. I don't think she is, but she would be more awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. It, for 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 you, and we'll close off with this. What would be your ideal Hall of Fame class for 2019? Uh, let's DX and Honky Tonk Man are already in. What would be your rest of uh, inductees? That's a good question. Didn't think about that. Um. I probably would put in Sid Vicious, Sid Justice. Okay. Um, let's see who else I would probably put in. Um, I wouldn't want them to put him in, but I, I could see them doing something stupid like putting the Godfather in. <laughs> no, um, he, he's in already. He's in already? Oh, yeah, God, yeah, yeah. That's horrible. Yeah, he's in. He come out with the whole train? Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he's in. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. That was last year. Yeah. That that was a, yeah, either last year or the year before, but they put in Godfather. And I don't even I don't know if they even spoke about his Papa Shango gimmick. They could have, but I don't think so. No, they didn't. They didn't. They could have done right to censor Papa Shango. They yeah. Didn't. Yeah. Um let me see. Um, do they have Savio Vega? No. And I would put him because he was an international star. Yeah, he was uh he was TNT back in Puerto Rico, if I remember correctly. And he was he was also Quang. <laughs> yeah, Quang. He was the Japanese martial artist. And he wrestled great in, in Japan too. Yeah, he was hardcore so, in Japan. So let me see, I will do that. Um obviously they can't put Chris Jericho in. I would love to see them put Jericho in. That's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um they'll wait on that one. That's what they're gonna do. Um yeah, maybe Sid, Jericho, if if but he, they can't because of AEW. Um, damn, I'm trying to think. Ricky Steamboat's already there, which yeah. is a good thing. I think he's in the NWA Hall of Fame too. I think I think he's in both Hall of Fames. Wow. Uh, let me see. Flair's already in there. Um, Damn, that's just a great question. Like, who else would I put? The first guy I think about is Sid. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a decent pick, man. Because uh, Sid is another guy that that for me I think gets overlooked by a lot of people. Um, 
you know, you think of all the big men that have wrestled and uh Sid had the intensity. That character was was legit. You know what I mean? Like you really thought this dude was a maniac. Um and and even in the ring, he wasn't that bad. I mean, I know he was a little stiff. He couldn't really move like he did some good moves though. Even though he yeah. was stiff, he did high risk moves and things like that. I was like, wait a what? <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? Yeah, and, um, and even even his short stint in ECW was freaking awesome. You know what I mean? To see that dude just kill people and leave. Like that, that ECW. Maybe Bam Bam Bigelow if he's not in. I was I was waiting for that and I was gonna use him in my list. And I was I was I was waiting for, for Bam Bam Bigelow, you know, mentioning. So <laughs> yeah, that that he was that match when he fought Taz, and this is why I could see Taz. Because that match when he fought Taz and he put Taz through the ring, yep, that was awesome. Yep, it was it was it was it was classic wrestling, and it just was a simple. The ring caved in. It was it was something hardcore that wasn't hardcore, and they were wrestling. That's when I was I was like, wait a minute, they're wrestling in ECW. They're not killing each other with the kendo sticks or whatever, and then <laughs> boom. Like, oh, they were going, they were strong style before it was cool to be strong style. And then, boom, right through the ring. Yep. And everyone was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Bam Bam was a big deal in uh in ECW. And a lot of people forget Bam Bam Bigelow actually main evented WrestleMania. I mean, it was with Lawrence Taylor, but he still main evented WrestleMania. Man, he carried Lawrence Taylor for yeah. 11 minutes. Yep. And Lawrence Taylor said it was the hardest thing he ever done. <laughs> you know? And he took that loss to Lawrence Taylor in the main event, which essentially almost ruined his career, but it really didn't. No. It was like people were trying to make it so that it ruined his career, but it really didn't. Yeah. He had a decline at the beginning, and then boom. Right back to who he was, especially yeah. in ECW. Oh yeah, yeah. So it also gives uh, ECW credibility. Yeah, absolutely. Now let me see. Um, for the Hall of Fame this year, I agree with Bam Bam. Um, another big man I would put in there absolutely is Vader. Um, yes. Um, that's a good pick. And I know WWE doesn't like to put multiple people that pass away, but I mean, come on, man! Is they they should have put that guy in there before he passed away, and he was asking for it. He even had that documentary called Two Years to Live," when literally the doctor told him, "Dude, you got two years to live," and he put that out there. He was wrestling all over the independent scene and stuff like that. I don't know if you remember; it was probably like a year and a half ago or something like that. He actually wrestled Will Osprey. In 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 the, know, it was an awesome match yeah. too. It was good. He was the big old bully, and he was just roughing him around and stuff. And he was, and he still did the freaking moonsault. Yeah. And the, and, the, and the, he was doing all that all the moves. He was complaining about Osprey and Ricochet. Yeah. He was doing them. Yeah, he was bitching about the Osprey and Ricochet match, and he hit him with a freaking Vader salt. I was like, look at this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but Vader was great, man. Yeah. And he was a pop culture figure too. He was the he was the fat kid's dad in Boy Meets World. Like he, he Vader, oh, yeah. Vader was a big deal, man. WWE treated him like garbage, but um, you know, <laughs> that's what they do when they don't create you. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but they also allow Shawn Michaels to <coughs> bury Vader, which 
wasn't good when Leda fought him and it was like a no contest ending and then Shawn Michaels didn't want to give him a rematch. He just didn't want to wrestle him anymore and then they just buried him. Yeah, and according to Jim Cornette, Vader was supposed to beat Michaels for the belt. Uh, that would have been great. Yeah, uh, and, and you know that when he beat up Gorilla Monsoon, that was good shit. <laughs> yeah, that, was. that was. That made everyone emotional. Yeah. And people forget because people forget Gorilla Monsoon was a wrestler and a really good one. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I mean. And the thing is also, unfortunately, two more guys that pop into my brain, um, really three, you know, if you put it this way, they wanted they, they did the safe thing by putting China in the Hall of Fame with DX. I also heard rumors that they're going to put the Heart Foundation in, into the Hall of Fame as well. Um, that would be the safe way to sneak Owen Hart and Davey Boy Smith and Brian Pillman, you know, along with Brett and, and Jim Not- the whole Heart Foundation, I just realized, Jim Anvil Neidhart, the whole Heart Foundation besides Brett is dead. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> that's that's just sad. Yeah. I just remembered that Neidhart just died this past year. So, you know, you have Neidhart, Owen, Davey Boy, and then you get Brett with Brian Pillman. You know, and you could have probably Brian Pillman's son, there at the Hall of Fame to accept on behalf of his dad. You know, like when they inducted the Freebirds and, uh, you know, uh, Terry Gordy's dead. So they had Terry Gordy's kid uh, on his behalf. I think uh, Buddy Roberts, I think I think either he's passed away or, or he's real sick. I'm not sure. But they had like Buddy Roberts family member there or something like that. And Rick they took yeah. it for him as well. Yeah. Another one. Rick Root's kid. And Big Boss Man, his daughters, took on his behalf. So I think WWE really needs to start looking at the health of, of a lot of these dudes who are still out there and just throw their ass in before they croak, man. Give, give them, like, Ultimate Warrior. Give them that one more run of that rush from the crowd and, and that applause and all that stuff before that time. Yeah, Brett is in. Brett is in. Well, he can be in a second time, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, that that'll be a safe way. That way, you know, Owen Hart, you could throw him in there, and it won't be the whole circus of his wife is bitching or or whatever the case, or you know, whatever. I don't know, but um, you know, get those guys in there, man. You know, before it's too late. A lot of them are dead. Well, you're gonna wait for Brett to for Brett to croak before you throw the the whole clan in there. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Um, now if they're gonna throw an ECW guy in there, and this is a long shot, and it's probably never gonna happen. But I'm a super, super, super fan of this dude. And unfortunately, like I said, I think he'll be long dead before he's in the Hall of Fame. And I'm referring to Raven. Oh, I don't think they're going to put him in. No. <laughs> he, he's had a problem with him. And, and he keeps referring to him as Scotty, Scotty, to, um, Scotty Flamingo. <laughs> you know, that's what he sees. And he won't. He's like, even when they merged with ECW and, and WCW, they're like, when when did we get Scotty Flamingo back? Like, that's what he told his son. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think something must have happened that when he was hanging out with his son all the time, that Vince just won't see more of him, you know? Yeah. I think something happened there that we don't know about, so I don't see that. What I would like to see is RVD. 
Yeah, RVD is Sabu. is definitely going to be the one more than Sabu because, you know, they 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 don't like Sabu. I, I mean, Sabu's a interesting guy outside of the wrestling business, but um, RV, yeah. RV, RVD is another guy who you know. He he's definitely when it comes to original ECW guys, Rob Van Dam is you know he's a former WWE champion also. So you know he's yeah, a guy. I, I was that was a credible that that one night stand uh, pay per view was great, and that was when the first time I ever seen a banner that said Cena wins we riot, yeah. and they meant it. <laughs> yeah, and the crazy thing is, here's how crazy that whole Cena run is. Cena was already getting hated one year into his title reign. One year. Because he won the belt in 05. And by 06, he was already getting shitted on. That's how long that reign of John Cena terror lasted. That he was getting booed already one year into his run. And all the way till, what, two years ago? Because he's been a part-timer for maybe two years already. Let's say from 05, maybe 06 to when he started getting booed to like 2016. So what? <laughs> he was getting booed for 10 years, bro. You know what it is I find about wrestling fans? Um, I don't know if you notice it. It happened with Hulk Hogan. happened with Cena. happened to Roman Reigns. But Roman Reigns is more what's trendy to boo, right? I think they'll boo you. It's just like when I, I remember when I used to boo Hulk Hogan. I was like, I'm tired of you, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> boo, boo, boo. The minute Hulk Hogan turned heel, I loved him forever. <laughs> Mind you, he had been healed before he was a face. But I knew him as this good guy, and then I knew him as this guy who was just killing careers, and I was like, ugh. And the minute he turned heel, I forgot everything about what he was doing. Yeah, because you know? a, a, a lot of people forget that originally Hogan was a heel, but that was kind of before our time, though. That was like, yeah. you know, late late seventies, very very early eighties when he was managed by. He was Cla- supposed to win the NWA title, and then WWE one hit tried him away from um, AWA, and then Kanye tried. <laughs> Kanye said, "I'll give you money to um, to the Iron Sheik if you actually don't drop the belt and you yeah. can, you play." Leg. <laughs> yeah, Vern Gagne called called Cheek and told him that. Yeah, put a bounty on Hogan. He was like, "Don't drop the belt, break his leg, bring the belt back to Minnesota, and come back to me." And Cheek was like, "No, no, Mister Gagne, no. I ain't Cheek is good man. I would not do that to the Hogan. You know." <laughs> yep, and he created Hulk Hogan's career basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it started. And even Hulk Hogan acknowledged that, which, you know, Hulk Hogan sometimes don't, you know, he's arrogant, but he acknowledges, he says, if it wasn't for this guy, there would be no Hulkamania. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Acknowledge that. That's why, that's why, that's why I think for 10 years, people wanted Cena to go bad. And you know what? I liked Cena as that word life bad guy. I did. Yeah. I did. And I, I said, okay, you have a run, then he'll go bad. That's why people, they hate Randy Orton, but they love him. Yeah. Love him. Because he's so smug and like, ugh. And then you see him in the airport and he's still on TMZ. still, that personality is just there. Like the smugness and like, ugh. Even though, you know, 
kids go up to him all the time and they say, oh, you can get an autograph or whatever. He knows how to get the kids to like him. <laughs> so, yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> Randy Orton is the guy that people love to hate. Like, they'll love him one day, they'll hate him the next. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, it's just that natural. He's a nat- He's a dick. That, that's the thing. He's, a, he's just a dick. <laughs> yeah. That's what I guess that they wanted from Cena. They don't want to see the Today Show, John Cena hosting the Today Show. They wanted to see John Cena just lose it. And like Steve Austin said, um, I think they learned from Steve Austin. Steve Austin was saying, I think they learned from me and they won't make them heal because they won't make the money that they're making. And people were just booing the hell out of Cena for it. And I think that's what they want with Roman Reigns. Yeah. You know? I think, honestly, though, I think that Roman can't go that route anymore. And it's unfortunate because of 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 the cancer thing. You know what I mean? Like, he got the cancer. He beat it. Now he's going to be a sympathetic character for a long, long time. Because he's going to... You bring in The Rock, and you make yeah. The Rock make, make him a WrestleMania-type. Oh, like, oh, my God. Like, oh, you're supposed to be my family here. Yeah. Or you bring them in, and it's sentimental, and The Rock's like, I love my cousin. And here, and they're teaming up together, and all of a sudden, he's like, I want to be a shot. Boom! And he just hits The Rock, and <laughs> just becomes a villain. People boo him. Oh, you love The Rock. Shut up. Yeah. And people would love that. They just, they love that whole bad guy, because everybody wants to, you know, be the bad guy, and they love it, so they love to boo him. Boom! Well, that, well, what? Well, that's the thing that that's the thing that Cena does well too, because he'll play that cheesy, cheesy Hulk Hogan style babyface. But then once in a blue, he'll bring out that thugonomics a little bit, depending on the character that they write in to piss him off or whatever the case. Like that time him and Roman had that one match on a pay per view, but the lead up to that match, John Cena, I think, put on one of the biggest promo burials i've seen in a long time and he did it to roman reigns because roman was like oh you know you complain about lesnar and other people being part-timers but you're you're just like them now you're just a part-time bitch whatever blah 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 and cena was like and cena goes well you know what i am part-time but i wouldn't have to come back here if you knew how to do your job (laughs) so it was like I was like, damn. I was like, yo, Cena buried the shit out of him. And I was like, that that's the type of guy that Cena comes out with once in a blue when they write it in. But for the most part, I'm very, very surprised that Cena never got that heel turn, bro. That I, I'm I'm genuinely surprised. I I really don't like how he got squashed at WrestleMania last year. Yeah, that was that. stupid. That was a waste of time. Yeah, I, I wanted to see a good match. That was a complete waste of time. I would have rather seen Cena wrestle Elias if it was going to be like that. But, yeah. but to have Taker come out and we've seen Taker lose. It's no, it's no. For, I mean, he lost to Brock. Okay, then he lost to Reigns. Why beat Cena that fast? That it made no sense. Cena had no offense. It was like if a rookie went against the the old school Undertaker that that felt no pain and all that shit. I was like, this is garbage. At the greatest Royal Rumble, who did Cena end up fighting? Uh, Triple H. Oh, okay. Yeah, he got a win there. Well, I guess that was the redeeming. I guess. You put him in there with a guy who's in better shape than The Undertaker, and then Cena puts on a better match. It makes no sense. 
Um, but you know what? With, with with that being said, man, hopefully this WrestleMania doesn't have weird matches like that. And who knows? Maybe Undertaker's gonna make an appearance. Um, he usually does. But uh, WrestleMania, like I said, is literally a month away. But before that, there is a pay per view. It is uh, Fastlane. And so far, the match card is uh, so far on paper uh, is Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan for the WWE title. Um, who knows where Kofi Kingston fits into that? Um, so far, I uh, I'm not sure what other matches are out, but um, <laughs> but uh, that's pretty much all I know off the top of my dome. Uh, I, I it is kind of late in the night, <laughs> but whatever the case, I think Fastlane is on the 10th of March. Or I'm not sure. It's not this coming Sunday, yeah. but the Sunday after March 10th. So uh, it is next Sunday. So uh. I'll probably get into that when it comes, do a quick preview, not really a big old show because I am saving my 40th episode for the WrestleMania show, which I have pretty big plans for. So uh, hopefully they, they go through. <laughs> but um, but yeah, man, you know, Sammy, thank you for coming on, bro. You're always welcome on whenever you want. Um, and uh, yeah, man. As long as you can withstand my rants. <laughs> hey, I'll, I, that, I, I love rants. I love to give rants and I love to hear rants. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, man, this was episode 39. Let me get that correct. Episode 39 of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast, obviously brought to you by the good folks over at the S&D Podcast channel. Come check out the channel. Show some love. By the way, I found this out since the last show. You can now hear my show along with the other shows from the S&D podcast channel on Spotify. Yeah, that's right. You can hear my sexy voice on Spotify. You got it right. Um so <laughs> so to go along with the other stuff like Google Play Music and and uh SoundCloud and iTunes and all those other spots where you get your podcast from, you can now hear your boy on Spotify. So, you know, once again, spread the word about the show, leave a like, leave a comment, leave a thumbs up share the wealth tell everybody tell your friends tell your mama hit your boy up on the jay's weekend wrestling podcast <laughs> so once again for sam um this is jay this was episode 39 catch you next time peace Thanks, Thanks, but- thank you for tell us what to do yeah thank you for tell us what to win <laughs> thank you better yeah. well you better get ready to bow to the master Stop.